Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Grace Church. It's great to see all of you here today. Why don't you stand with us this morning? For those of you joining us via live stream still, we're glad you're with us. But for those of you that can be with us here in the building today, it is so good to see all of you. You know, we serve an, an amazing God. He is without compare. He is singular. He is unique. There is nothing else, no one else like him. Astro astronomy tells us that there are somewhere between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone, and somewhere between 100 and 200 billion galaxies throughout the observable universe, and that there are more stars in the sky than there are individual grains of sand on planet Earth. That's an amazing God. That's a glorious God. And that same God knows all of those stars by name, and he knows how many hairs are on your head. That's what scripture tells us. What an incredible God we serve. What an amazing God we've come here to worship today. The glory is truly all his, and we're going to sing about it today. He loves you, he's got a plan for you, and he has orchestrated this day specifically to minister to you. We want to see him move in this place today. God, we give you glory and praise.
the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. It is absolutely amazing to see everybody here today. To be together, to be together in the presence of the Lord. This is an amazing sight here today. Let's thank the Lord again for his presence, would you? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. I'm here today to promote She's for Christ. We have a She's for Christ fundraiser coming up this coming Sunday, the 14th. And we're starting real late in the year and to start to start She's for Christ fundraising, and you all know why. So I'm asking everyone to get on board. Just real quick, everybody get on board and support She's for Christ. Everyone, every other church is way behind just like we are, and we've got some ground to catch up. Uh, last year we gave around $20,000 to She's for Christ, and we don't want to do anything less than that this year for She's for Christ. And I believe with your effort, the help of the Lord, I believe we can do it. I believe we can make this happen in Jesus' name. And uh, if y'all will go ahead and roll the, the slides while you're looking at the screens, I want to show you the value of your food purchase this coming Sunday. That a, a dollar here and a dollar there can go a long, long ways. Most of you will remember Brother and Sister Patrick Groves that were with us in service on March the 13th, 2019. They're missionaries to Sudan and South Sudan. Where I realized this particular presentation, it was not funded by She's for Christ. It was funded actually by Grace Church, but it does the same thing. She's for Christ does the same thing. In that service on a Wednesday night, you gave $10,000 for them to purchase bicycles for their uh, native pastors and native evangelists. And what you're seeing on the screen isn't nearly all of them, but you get the idea. These bicycles cost about $250 plus. But Brother, Brother Groves, with his determination and passion, bargained and negotiated and got most of them for $150 or less in an area where you just don't run over to the bicycle shop and buy bicycles. These were very difficult to obtain. And because of your giving, we are able to buy 60 to 65 bicycles. And we are buying more than they need for now. And I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful for that. As I remember, as I remember on their uh, missionary need slip that night, they were hoping to raise about $2,500. And Grace Church gave them $10,000. And they are blood, they're blown away. I have been peppered with at least 15 to 20 emails from them. Every time they buy a bicycle or give a missionary a bicycle, they take a picture. And that's what you're seeing on the screen. Keep in mind, it took months for the Patricks to find enough bicycles, bargain the price, and then get them distributed to their ministers. Some of the ministers emailed me themselves, and they were amazed at what Grace Church did for them. But since COVID, many of our missionaries have not, have, have not even been able to, to hold a service anywhere for the past two and a half months. They just canceled their schedules. We have a lot of catching up to do. So I'm going to ask all of you to get online and purchase 
a ticket for a pulled pork sandwich next Sunday. A little bit goes a long ways. It goes a long ways. So if you are here in service next Sunday, you can eat here. We'll have tables set up in the A Center, or you can take it with you. Those of you that are watching on live stream locally, uh, if you want to come by the church when service is over, we'll bring your meal to you. You won't even have to get out of your car. So I'm asking everybody, everybody to purchase four, five, six. I, I want these fellas to, to smoke more pulled pork than they ever have in their life. And we're going to help our missionaries. Would you do that? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. So God bless you. Support Jesus for Christ. Continue to worship the Lord. Let's let the Lord have his way. Brother Ben's coming right now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? You may be seated just for a few moments. Don't get real comfortable in those pews. Uh, King David was probably unmatched in his eloquence when speaking about the nature and character of God. He said something in Psalms 100, verse 5, that has always stuck with him because of its simplicity. He said, for God is good. For God is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth into all generations. We serve a good God. You can trust in him because he's good. He loves you. His mercy is everlasting. I know that we're fallible and we fail, but the word of God says that my God is good and that his mercy is everlasting. And he will not lie to you when he says that he loves you. His truth endureth from generation to generation. He is a consistent God who loves you, who wants to forgive you and have a relationship with you. I love the Lord. Can we give him another hand clap of praise? Praise the Lord. I am uncomfortable in Pentecostal services that are a little bit too quiet. It's not because I can't deal with the silence. It's just because I'm standing before a really big God. And I don't think that we should be silent in his presence ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are going to offer you an opportunity to give uh, your offering and and tithing, we, we have a receptacle, a, a container outside in the lobby so that you, we're still practicing social distancing. So please put your tithe and offering in that receptacle. Or you can, all, of course, use the, the app, our uh, website. You can text and give. And if you're really nostalgic, you can put it in the mail if you want to use the United States Postal Service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for your presence, Lord Jesus. We love you. We magnify you today, dear God. We pray that you bless us, Lord Jesus, with your presence. Anoint this service, dear God. We ask that you take this gift, Lord Jesus, and use it to further your kingdom. Bless the gift and the giver in the name of Jesus. Everyone say amen. I only have a few announcements. On Monday, June 8th, at 7.14 p.m., we will have the United Family Prayer Time at home. And some of you may not think this is really relevant, but the concerted corporate prayer of the body of Christ changes things. Your voice makes a difference. Just as whenever we begin to praise and worship in a few moments, we have excellent singers and we have wonderful music, but your voice needs to be included in that. So please join us at, uh, on June 8th in our corporate prayer. Tuesday, June 9th, we'll, we'll have our uh, Tuesday morning prayer at 10 a.m. in our sanctuary. Wednesday, June 10th, we will, of course, live stream our service and you're welcome to attend at 7.30 p.m. Do you love the Lord this morning? Is he a good God? Yes, 
Is he a merciful God? Do you want him to know that? Can you stand to your feet and let's worship the Lord this morning?
presence of the Lord. It's reflected in your face. It's reflected in your spirit. And uh, thank you so very much. All of our guests here today, thank you so much for coming and being with us at Grace Church. I want to call your attention to the Word of God today. And I want to deliver to you my heart, my burden. The Bible said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 3, Paul said, Let no man deceive you by any means. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth or exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when, when I was yet with you I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness 
of unrighteousness in them that perish because. Everybody say because. They received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I want to preach to you for a little while the mystery of iniquity. Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. God bless you. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. I want to make a strange confession today and I don't want to sound negative. But again, I come to you with a very burdened, burdened heart. I'm not as confident in the pulpit today as I should be, as I would like to be. I do not believe that my voice has the influence in your life that it should. But today I hope and pray that you'll listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Numerous times in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, the Bible said, he that hath an ear let him hear, and it's talking about the pastor of those respective churches. We were informed by numerous news outlets this past week that people were waiting in line to go gambling in Las Vegas. We've seen photographs of how our beaches across the, around the country on the shorelines are crowded, but look at all the empty seats around you here. There's a reason for that. And I want to preach my heart out to you today that you don't fall into that trap, folks. I'm asking, I'm pleading, I'm asking you not to fall into that web of deceitfulness that the devil has spun in this world. The mystery of iniquity is actually the spirit of the Antichrist. It is the effort of the devil. Listen to Pastor the mystery of iniquity is the effort of the devil to unseat God, to take away belief in God and one's ability to have faith in God. It's to remove belief in the Bible. It's to remove belief in the church and Christianity from the heart of every human being. It wants to remove belief in the church and Christianity. It wants to take it out of every school, every church, every government entity, every society, every culture, every, virtually everywhere on this planet. It is a deliberate plot to overthrow every ounce of belief and faith in God that he even exists at all. What we fail to realize or understand is that the devil uses anything. Everybody say anything. The devil uses anything to accomplish this. He stops at nothing to try to fulfill what I just presented to you in your life. He will stop at nothing. And this mystery of iniquity began in the Garden of Eden 
when the serpent asked Eve that notorious question when he said, Yea, hath God said? An effort just to sow a little bit of doubt, just a little to cause people to question a word, a phrase, a meaning, an application. The devil has destroyed marriages. He's destroyed families. He's destroyed parents and kids and jobs. His vehicle has been hobbies and sports, along with cheating, lying, deception, alcohol, nicotine, drugs, sex, unfaithfulness, abuse on every level, and the list goes on and on. There are people here today that has experienced the working of the devil in these areas, but God has been merciful. And those people that I just referred to, some of you are here today, if you could understand the magnitude of what God has delivered you from, nothing could silence your mouth and nothing could quench the spirit of your heart when it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to glorifying God. If you're thankful for the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus, would you clap your hands today? Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Let's look at our text for a moment. The Bible said, Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he said, let no man deceive you by any means. To me, it would have been sufficient to say, let no man deceive you. But he added those extra words. He wanted us to be clear that we should make our calling and election sure. Let no man deceive you by any means. It is imperative that we know what we believe and why. We must stand as apostolic people, not because of the label and not because of the recognition, but because it is the truth, because it is Bible. One God, repentance, water baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's not religious options. It's not religious opinions. It's not negotiable. It is Bible. It is Bible I submit to you today in Scripture. Not only is it imperative that you know it, but you are parents here today. Your kids must know it, and they must know why you teach it to them. And it's imperative that they hear it from you as their parents. We've all seen over the past years our family members and close friends fall into the trap of deception We've all experienced this in the past years of our family, family members and close friends 
fall into the trap of deception. We've seen preachers that we love and respect that have fallen and have compromised. My heart has been broken and still grieves over the things that has happened to some that I know. I am amazed. I am amazed today at how easily and quickly people profess that I don't believe this particular thing anymore or I don't believe that particular thing anymore. It's happened in my family. It's happened to my friends and it's happened to some of my preacher friends. I've talked to some of them for hours on end and pleaded with them all to no avail. There are those who even attend Grace Church who have summarily dismissed pure and blatant Bible truths that were once lived out every day and some have decided I'm not going to embrace those truths anymore. It breaks my heart especially when I see how it affects our kids and their lives. I'll remind you again Paul said, hear me Grace Church, oh God hear me today. Paul said, let no man deceive you by any means but you did and they did and then he said in the same verse for that day shall not come the revealing of the son of perdition the revealing of the antichrist that day shall not come except there come a falling away first the falling away began very subtly with the watering down of the gospel. Soft preaching left people with uncertain convictions and that is still happening today. Then the word of God came under attack. Agnostics and atheists began to boldly challenge the word of God. Here, pastor, new translations of the Bible began coming out to make the word of God easier to understand. Then new revisions and revisions of revisions. All of this seemed to question and water down the word of God and make people ask, which of these is genuinely the word of God? On July the 11th, 2015, Musician Erica Campbell shared a meme on Facebook claiming that 45 complete verses and 64,575 words had been removed from the New International Version of the Bible. We refer to it as the NIV as compared to other versions such as the King James Bible. What she posted has been verified. According to PocketDoctrines.com, the problem with the New King James Version is as follows. God has been the word God has been removed out of it 51 times the word Lord has been removed 66 times repent has been removed 44 times damned has been removed entirely heaven has been removed 50 times devils have been removed entirely the word blood has been removed 23 times it replaced hell with Hades and Sheol the New Testament alone removes 2289 words with over 100,000 total changes the attack just on the Bible alone has been unbelievable in our modern day society. It's been taken out of schools. It's not welcome in the workplace and on the walls of the government buildings. And the greatest tragedy is that it is virtually unopened in our homes. The secular world is not far behind in their challenge of God. When anything religious is portrayed, when it's portrayed at all, it is done in a very negative light. And we all realize that. Then the government 
government got involved. Judges took it upon themselves to rule out anything Christian. This left our children and our young people without a moral compass. Youth today are following the example of its secular leadership and it's catching on at a furious rate. A Harris Interactive poll of 2,306 adults shows that 10% of Protestants, 21% of Roman Catholics, and 52% of Jews do not even believe in God any longer. It is my opinion that the percentage of unbelievers is rapidly increasing. There's people sitting here today that look at the Word of God and you don't believe it in its entirety like you once did. It seems that the church is not able to keep pace with the gains posted against the righteousness by the wicked. We certainly need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this battle we need a move of God Paul went on to say in verse 4 he who he excuse me who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God this is talking about the antichrist or that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, the man of sin, or the Antichrist opposes all that is good and righteousness. All men who stand for godliness are objects of his wrath because he covets worship. All who oppose him become his enemy. The spirit of Antichrist is so powerful in our world today. Christianity is under attack everywhere, even in our own country. All Christian elements come under attack from the influence of parents at home to the schools, to the entertainment they get, and to Christian training. I want to submit to you today the trouble that's going on in our country today on every level, on every level, and even around our world can be laid at the feet of only one thing. It's when Paul said the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The spirit of Antichrist is powerful in the world today. Christianity is under attack everywhere, even in our country. All Christian elements come under attack from the influence of parents at home to schools to the entertainment they get and to Christian training. The man of, the man of sin even uses religious institutions for his advancement. We all know this. The forces of Antichrist spirit first got into the schools and colleges through unbelieving professors. Atheism began to filter down to the general population through the teachings of students and atheistic professors. Children in the schools were and are influenced by it through those who draw who drew up the philosophy of education years ago. This powerful spirit of Antichrist has infiltrated all of society. It will know no restraints when the church and the Holy Ghost are removed at rapture. The mystery of iniquity. I want you to notice what Paul said in verses 5 and 6. He said, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. I believe the what in this verse is the church. 
And I believe that he in this verse is the Antichrist, so you could read it this way. And now you know that the church withholdeth he that might be revealed at his time. The true church is the influence for righteousness and godliness in our world today. The true church is the only influence for righteousness and godliness in the world today. The number one enemy of the secularist is evangelical Christians. They stand in the way of the progress of the new world order as openly introduced by George H.W. Bush in his State of the Union address on January the 29th, 1991, when he said, quote, what is at stake is more than one small country. It's a big idea, a new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind, peace and security freedom and he said the rule of law end quote is still the hope they have to gain in their downward plunge to an amoral society they are seeking ways to eliminate Christian people with all their power the new world order awaits the demise or the removal of the church I don't have to tell you what's going on in the news today but we've certainly seen a taste over the past two and a half months of how many governments across our land feel about people attending church. The time of Antichrist must be soon. Some very, some listen to pastors, some very respected, highly respected Jewish rabbis are claiming that this year, in 2020, this year, in February and March of this year, highly respected Jewish rabbis claimed they had conversations with a man they believed to be the, their Messiah. They say he can't be the Messiah yet because he doesn't have full power yet. That is a quote. Many believe these rabbis are actually talking to the man who will eventually be the Antichrist. I do believe that the Antichrist is alive and well in our world today. The rabbis refuse to give up his identity the mystery of iniquity doth already work. I'll say it again in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. The mystery of iniquity has been at work in the world from the ancient times, I explain again, the he in this verse represents the church. The church has always restrained the world powers of iniquity and evil. The church will prevent a total collapse of moral restraints until it steps aside at rapture of the true church. And when Satan is turned loose, the world will see such a surge of unrestrained wickedness so that it will saturate the whole of society. Jesus was not wasting his breath when he said as it was in the days of Sodom and when he said as it was in the days of Noah. Even now, good men must constantly be on guard and exercise the greatest diligence to keep wickedness from taking over our world. We petition our legislators constantly to prevent evil laws from being passed and to encourage good ones to be passed. We try to encourage our president to make wise and godly decisions because he's under constant and unnatural pressures to make bad ones. If we do not try to influence our society for good, evil will overwhelm us. Paul said, to continue the reading, 
in verse 8, then shall that wicked, that wicked one, if you will, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, that wicked one will be revealed when the church and the Holy Ghost are taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit will not, will not be holding him, the Antichrist, back any longer. Then the world will be totally given to wickedness, the prince and power of the air. The devil himself has been hard at work throughout the history of man on the earth. He viciously attacked our Lord at his most vulnerable points while he was fasting 40 days in the wilderness and while he was hanging on the cross. Satan knew that while he was here on this earth was his best time to attack him. I'll remind you again, the Bible said, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because... They receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. John said, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess that not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Deception is Satan's best weapon against mankind. He used this weapon against Eve in the garden. It was so effective that he has continued to use it ever since. And as long as the church proclaims the truth of the gospel under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, his lies are revealed. Those who do not believe the gospel are trapped with Satan's lies. His lies are rapidly covered the world with darkness Jesus said in John 3 and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil wickedness sin and falsehood must have the cover of darkness this cannot prosper in the open and exposed to the light Jesus is still the light of the world those who walk in him do not walk in darkness I submit to you again again today and I make no apology for what I'm preaching here today because it is a truth but I submit to you today if we've ever need a sweeping move of God in the church and in our country it can't wait any longer it can't wait to next week it can't wait to next month it can't wait till things get better it can't wait till a more opportune time it's got to happen now I said it's got to happen now if we've ever prayed it's time to pray if we've ever believed in the word of God now is a time to believe in the word of God if it's ever a time to be sober about your relationship with God now is a time to be sober it's time we take this word of God and treat it with the respect and the belief and the faith that it's worthy of I want to say to you today sometimes it's a price to be a disciple but heaven is going to be cheap at any price We need a move of God. We need a move of God. We need a move. I'll confess to you today that I was somewhat dismayed at only a handful of people showing up this past Tuesday night 
After all that we've been through, after all that we've seen, after all that's going on in our country, I was astounded that the building wasn't packed out and people were out in the lobby with a need to pray. You know what's happened? We're falling into that web of deception that says what we're doing tonight at home, what we're doing tonight at Walmart, what we're planning for the following week and all of that, it's really more important than gathering together as one collective body and falling on our face and talking to God for a little while. I want to tell you here tonight, today, there's not a greater priority in our life. It doesn't make any difference to me what you've got going on in yours. There's not a greater priority in your life than to pray for a move of God. I'm approaching everybody in the building today at every level. It doesn't matter where you are, where you feel like you are in your relationship with God. It doesn't matter where you are today. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm preaching to you. If you feel like you're not as close to God as you should be, perhaps even a backslider, I'm preaching to you today. If you're a faithful churchgoer, I'm preaching to you today. If you were here this past Tuesday night at prayer meeting, I'm preaching to you today. I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to anyone else today. If there's anybody that needs a move of God, it's pastor. If we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost, now's the time to be sensitive. There's not another day to waste. I submit to you folks here today, I say it again, I'll say it again, things are not going to get better. We may see a temporary reprieve. We may see a short time of peace, but I have a feeling the next few months is going to be very rocky and very challenging in our country and even around the world because there's an agenda at work in our world today and it's called the mystery of iniquity. If you're not right with God, I plead with you. I plead with you with everything in me. You say, Pastor, I don't understand all this stuff. That's the beauty of the gospel. You don't have to understand it. All you have to do is believe it. If there's people here today that's been hurt and you're bitter and your feelings is hurt and your faith has been shaken, I want to submit to you today to get somewhere before God and stay there until God arrests your heart again and takes your attention captive and shows to you and shows you and shows you today that there's a God that loves you more than you can imagine and he is the only one that'll take you from here to rapture. There's nothing else that you possess that'll save your soul and that of your family. Only Jesus, only Jesus can do that. We need a move. The Bible said, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. This is what's going on in our world today and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. We must understand that if there's ever a time to fall in love with Jesus. See, this is why I'm a little bit... I'm lacking a little bit of confidence that I open this message with because you'd rather listen to the voice of your friends and 
You'd rather listen to the voice of that embittered saint. You'd rather listen to the voice of your friends that you work with. And in your own mind, you say, I don't need to draw any closer to God. I don't need all this right now. I can still have my fun and and submit to my own personal pleasure and whatever it is. No, you can't. No, you can't. Paul said, let no man deceive you by any means. Don't you understand? Paul wrote to Timothy. Apologize, I don't have this verse for you guys. But he said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. It's the mystery of iniquity. You don't see the devil. You only see the fruit of what he does. I have come to learn and understand that every time I marry somebody in holy matrimony, that marriage only has a 50% chance of making it. Why? It's called the mystery of iniquity. We made a big push last year to try to reach out to our teenagers because we're losing 75 to 80% of them when they graduate high school and start college. You know why? It's called the mystery of iniquity. You know why it's more important for parents to put their kids in little league sports than it is to bring them to church on Sunday morning? It's called the mystery of iniquity. You know why people compromise the word of God and say, I don't believe this anymore and I don't believe that anymore? It's called the mystery of iniquity. There's a voice that's resounding in every facet of our society today. It's in your ear and it's in mine. It's the mystery of iniquity. Paul went on to say to Timothy, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, disobedient to anybody see that? unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fears despisers of those that are good trady, traitors heady high minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness denying the power thereof from such turn away he said does anybody understand why Bill Gates wants to be in why he wants to be one of the major donors of a vaccine against COVID because he wants to put tracing elements in it so you can be tracked everywhere you go does that ring a bell to anybody our own governor 
I understand is hiring and training some 700 people across our state that when a person is diagnosed with COVID, they get all of their con con contacts. I understand they're doing it three steps in relationships. That means your friend, their friend, and their friend. And they contact them and tell them if they've been hanging around with you, it's possible that they've been exposed to COVID. Does that, does that make any sense to anybody as to why? And everybody seemingly thinks that's okay. Does anybody understand what's happening here? We're being led like cattle right into what the Bible refers to as the mark of the beast. There's elements that could be instilled in that to make it impossible for you to buy anything unless you have that, that element of tracing and tracking on the inside of your body. Why is that? Because the mystery of iniquity doth already work. I submit to you this morning, if you don't really know in your heart and based on your conscience that you're right with God, I wouldn't wait another minute before I hit this altar this morning and say, God, I need to be right with you. I have never felt right rapture in my spirit like I felt over the past several weeks. I've been praying daily, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We need a move of God. I wished I had that big ball of cotton candy sermon to preach today, but not today. Because what's happened to us in the events of this year and things that are going on in our country. I don't think most of you really understand what's driving it and what's behind it. We could go into the social issues and the politics and all of that. It's way above that. It's way above that. It's called the mystery of iniquity. If you'll stand with me this morning, sound like a hero nor a martyr but I did not sleep one minute last night not even five minutes I was awake all night long at about 4.30 this morning I was editing my notes because we need a move of God there's families here today that needs a move of God in your home in your lives of your kids Folks, don't take this moment for granted. Jesus said to work while it is yet day, for the night cometh when no man can work. It's not going to be long that we're going to have to understand and we're going to have to figure out how to have church a different way. It's not going to always, always be like this unless the rapture takes place first. As they begin to sing right now, would you close your eyes wherever you stand and just start talking to God in your way. Would you talk to him in your way?
talk to him like you were talking to your friend. Tell him what's on your mind. Did you talk to the Lord? It doesn't matter what you mean. God is Come and do what you Let's go. 